I'm Summer. And I'm Elle. This season on the South Phoenix Oral History Podcast. Join us as we research, write, and submit an article for academic publication. From start to finish. Each episode will share our progress with you. And challenge you to work side by side on your own project. Our work is grounded in oral history research and method, but yours doesn't have to be. Consider us your global virtual writing group. Let's do this together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the South Phoenix Oral History Podcast. Uh, Summer and Ellie here, ready to analyze some survey data. Ellie, how are you? I'm great, Summer. I'm excited for this episode. Oh my gosh, me too. So for those of you out there listening along, what Ellie and I are going to do is just analyze our survey responses in real time. So we're not going to go through the entire survey. We thought we would do that over the course of several episodes. Uh, But for now, we're going to focus on the demographic part of the survey and trying to see if it mirrors more or less the actual community of South Phoenix or maybe broader community because we don't just have South Phoenix residents. Sure. Perfect. So uh, a couple pieces of housekeeping. The survey itself was done in Google uh, Forms. There are, do you remember how many questions? About 10, I think. Yeah, a little bit more than 10. We have a description at the very beginning. It says, where is South Phoenix? And then we listed 48th Street, Baseline Road, the Central Avenue Bridge, the Japanese Flower Garden, South Mountain Preserve. What comes to your mind when you think of South Phoenix? For decades, the boundaries of the varied and multicultural neighborhoods of South Phoenix have been defined by outsiders. Now we ask that you tell us, where is South Phoenix? Please complete this survey conducted by researchers at South Mountain Community College and South Phoenix Oral History Project. The survey may take you anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes. All questions are optional. Please only answer as you are comfortable. You may stop taking the survey at any time and your responses about South Phoenix may be analyzed and published. Your personal information will not be shared or published. So as we go through this, we're analyzing trends in the data, um, demographic data, but we won't use identifying features, people's names, uh, specific names and ages or races or anything like that. So one of the greatest things about Google Forms is that you can migrate all answers to a spreadsheet, which I think we'll probably do later. Um, I think what Ellie and I are going to do now instead is go through the survey, looking at the general responses provided in Google Forms, because they use like pie charts, and it's very visual, um, which is very nice. We received 125 responses, our goal was 100. So that's great. And we conducted the survey over the course of, Ellie, was it two years? Yeah. Because do you want to explain how we got the responses? Yeah. So we did two um, promotional pushes in the sense of like, put it out on the campus website, um, South Mountain Community College, Instagram and social media. Um, We also printed flyers and took them around to different events in the community. And then I also assigned the quiz or like the the survey uh, in multiple classes that were relevant. So my Arizona, Mexican-American and African-American history classes, one of their assignments was to take the survey and give it to five additional people. And we really encouraged students to seek out people who were different from them, right? That like had lived or worked in South Phoenix, but maybe weren't their uh, roommate or their, you know, friend from high school that they already 
or maybe they're taking the class together, right? We wanted them to really diversify their responses. And we had pretty good success. So 125 is about what we wanted to be able to start analyzing. The survey is still open uh, as of you know November, 2023, but we're feeling really good to be able to start analyzing. So where should we start? Should we start with um, our demographic questions that, so we have uh, names and emails, we'll skip those. And then our questions that are demographic in nature include what is your age, race and ethnicity, what do you do for a living? Do you live in South Phoenix? And if you have worked or lived in South Phoenix, please tell us for how long. Should we just start with those? Yes, absolutely. Cool. All right. Let's start with what is your age? Ellie, tell me what you saw in the responses. We got 124 responses to that question. We here have a pie chart that reflects the way that we have gone about getting the responses for the survey. So this is not a representation of, at least I don't think, uh, this is a representation of a South Phoenix population or a South Phoenix community, but it's just the the reflection of how we managed to get the answers. And so we have an overwhelming majority of 18 to 24 year olds answers. Um, and so that's probably just a population of um, the college and that makes uh, 55% of our responses. And then we have a pretty big chunk, a, a 14% of uh, 25 to 35 year olds. And then a, almost 14% of this is 35 to 44 years old, 5.6%, 12 to 17 year old. 45 to uh, 54 year old, and that's almost 5%. It, again, as I said, I think this is a um, uh, in response to the way we managed to get the answers for the survey. What do you think, Summer? Yeah, I'll agree. I think that um, our age distribution really tells us a lot about how we use, how we got the survey into the public, and that is because we did it through my classes. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I thought we would check is uh, South Mountain Community College has an About Us page, and we might be able to see what the age breakdown is of college-going students, and we might be able to compare a little bit. So let's take a look and see facts at a glance. This is 2018 to 2019, so it's a little old, but let's take a look at spring of 19, what they had to say in terms of our student population. And it probably will line up fairly close in terms of um, ages and, and background. Let's see, our average age at our college is 25. In terms of the survey, the large majority of students were 18 to 24, but there were several that were over the age of 25 as well. So we could kind of interpret that, that like it's lining up with uh, college figures enough, but more than anything, it's telling us more about kind of how we got the survey out and not necessarily who lives in South Phoenix. But we weren't necessarily, that's not a problem. It's just something for us to keep in mind. Don't you think? Yeah, exactly. No, it's, I don't, I don't think it's a problem. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at race and ethnicity. Again, we had 124 responses. So 125 people took the survey and almost all of them responded to this question. Our categories included Asian or Pacific Islander, Black or African-American, Hispanic or Latino, Native American or Alaskan Native, white or Caucasian, 
multiracial or biracial or prefer not to answer. So Ellie, tell us a little bit about the breakdown of these responses. So we have 46% of Hispanic or Latino, 22.6% uh, of white or Caucasian, 19.4% of Black or African American. Summer, do you think this is, it mirrors quite well the uh, population of South Phoenix or Phoenix in general, maybe? I really do. So South Phoenix has the highest concentration of Hispanic um, or Latino and com combined with African-American or Black residents in the whole city. So we being a community college and being a commuter campus, and also we have a really, we have a really good um, theory or claim that the majority of our students at the college are from the surrounding zip codes. So while their ages may not represent the community, their racial demographics probably do. And we can compare that to data in the community as well, but we can also compare it to, again, the facts at a glance. So take a look at this. At South Mountain Community College, 56% of our students are Hispanic or identify as Hispanic and about 46% on our survey. So we're, we're within, I mean, we're not quite within a margin of error, but it gives us an idea. And then, uh, African-American is 15% and white is 15%. Again, with the survey, 19% African-American, 22% white or Caucasian. So we're rounding similar corners. I think something that Ellie and I can do then is compare these demographics to zip code demographics within the city of South, you know, the city of Phoenix and the jurisdiction of South Phoenix in particular. Uh, but it's really quite I think it's kind of exciting to see that these numbers are lining up loosely in a way that is, it feels authentic. If we had just like a disparate proportion of students who were white or maybe um, Pacific Islander, we might be a little confused because that doesn't quite align with the demographics of the college or of the community. So this is looking like we're pretty close to having a good connection to people who would actually have something to say about South Phoenix, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And there's also a pretty big uh, chunk of people who identify as multiracial or biracial, mm -hmm. which also fits in the uh, quick facts of the college. Oh, yes, it does. Very good. All right. So this next question is, what do you do for a living? We got 120 responses. And we left this as an open-ended, um, like short answer essay. So this would probably be one of those responses that we will do better at analyzing through the spreadsheet. But at a quick glance, mm -hmm. when you look at what do you do for a living, Ellie, what comes up for you that you notice that's interesting or relevant? Well, I see a lot of uh, students and others who do some part-time jobs, again, that might identify people who are both studying and and working um, on the side or working and studying on the side yeah. um, or the other. I've seen some professionals. What else? What do you see, Summer? Uh, definitely seeing a lot of students or students who identify based on their extracurricular. So the athletes or athletics uh, programs that they're a part of. And then we see a lot of like a mixture of professional uh, part-time and full-time work. I definitely noticed a lot in terms of like retail, customer service, things like that. But we also have several 
professional levels identified, like the second response is engineer, for example. So we have a nice variety of people who have opinions on South Phoenix. And that was really what we were looking for. We wanted a diversity. So we didn't just have, you know, students. We also had professionals who have maybe been in the community for a long time. So I'm pretty excited by that nice spread personally. Okay, here we go. This was a crucial question. Do you live in South Phoenix? And we got 124 responses. So again, nearly 99% of our responses did respond. And we have a nice breakdown, but tell us what we have, Ellie. Well, we have almost 6% of our responses who said they, yes, they do live in South Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And then 24% who said no. And, um, and then we have an almost 10% who said no, but I have previously. Um, and then 6.5% who said no, but I have worked in South Phoenix. So this right. is a good number. Don't you think? So why do you think this is a good number? Why does this excite you? It's an interesting perspective to have, uh, to know that for sure we have 60% of people who do live who say that they live in South Phoenix. So it means that majority of these answers are people who have a really close and personal collection connection to place. Yeah. And in fact, if you really look at it, 75, more than 75% of our respondents have some stake in the matter. So they've either lived here, worked here, or currently live here or work here. Um, and that to me is crucial because when we start to look at the nitty gritty, when we really start to break these down, uh, we won't identify specific respondents, but people who live in or have lived in or work in South Phoenix may have very different opinions on what constitutes the place and why it's important than people who have no connection to the place whatsoever, who are just a flat no. So I'm very excited by this number. If we had 100% had either lived here or worked here or currently live here or work here, we wouldn't have that outsider tension, which I'm, I want that. Like I want a little bit of outsider tension to see if there's a distinction between what people say about the community from the inside or the outside. So I love this. I love this. This is a beautiful pie chart to me. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh, good. Okay. So let's do our last kind of demographic question. We got 96 responses. So people kind of skipped out on this one a little bit, but not significantly so. And the question was, if you have worked or lived in South Phoenix, please tell us for how long. So Ellie, tell us about our findings here. We divided uh, the answers from 90, before 1950, um, and then to uh, each answer was a, a, a few dec decades apart. And so we have 1950, 1970s, the 70s, the 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010, and 2020 to present. And we asked people to check each box that applied. So here we have, a, I guess, a growing, uh, the, because of the way that we asked the question, we have slow growing amount of answers that we got, right? So we have, we had no responses for anyone who lived in South Phoenix before the 1950. Then we have, uh, 2% of people who said that they lived in, in um, that they've been living in South Phoenix from 1950, 1970s. Again, 2% in the 70s, 7% uh, in the 80s, 9% in the 90s, 
35% in 2000s and 46% in 2010. And then from 2020 to present, we have a 63%. Summer, how do you think we should interpret this? Well, I actually think that in the article itself, it might be useful for us to show instead of the, the this is a bar graph instead mm-hmm. of a pie chart. And I think the pie chart works really well visually for the other questions, but I think for our survey purposes, it might be better in our uh, purposes to put the actual check marks so that people reading the article can see that you selected all that you applied basically. So uh, folks that were here since the 1950s, they would have selected all of those boxes, right? Uh, so I think for me, I'm a little um, I'm a little worried that so many of our responses are, you know, 63% say since 2020 to present. So what that would automatically indicate would be like, So the majority, 61% or 63% of our respondents have just moved here since 2020. But we know that can't be the case because many of these students are, many of these people are students who are like 18. So they probably grew up here. Uh, So I think it's kind of a concern in terms of the bulk of the data. But if we look at it from a cascade, it might help us understand a little bit more. Also, people may have selected like, maybe they lived here in the 70s and then they came back after 2020. I don't really know, but this, this question is a bit of an outlier for me. What about you? Yeah, I agree. One way that I interpret it is most people have, you know, they've been born and then they kept living here. That's how I'm trying to read um, this question. It is an outlier, but that's good. That's good for, you know, scholarship. That's something we can always indicate that like we, we would redo this question or we can't interpret this question exactly how, you know, how we'd like to. Uh, Also, like, it's possible. This is one of those questions that is, again, something that works when we boil it down to a finite level. If we're looking at one individual's responses, we can go back and say, well, how long have they lived here? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those are our first, let's see, not counting the name and email. One, two, three, four, and five. Those are our first five questions. When you start to think of the article itself, Ellie, how do you envision using these questions? I think the most interesting question that we asked was the race and ethnicity one, which was, we asked it for two reasons. One was to see if we were collecting the the right responses. And, 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 and by that, I mean responses that actually truly mirrored uh, the community just by looking at it um, and and comparing it to the facts of uh, who's attending the college, for example, it seems like we did a good job. Another good thing that uh, comes out of that question is because Google Form allows you to look both at all the answers combined, like in a pie chart, but it also lets you look at... And so one of the things that we'll be doing is once we analyze the second part of the survey, which is really asking where is South Phoenix? Where do you think it is? And and what do you think about when you think of South Phoenix? Um, I think that at that point, we'll try to see if we can find trends to see who answers that those questions in a certain way. And if there's a correlation bet- uh, between maybe their age and um, 
their race and ethnicity with specific answers to the second half of the survey. It's funny because you just, we just front load so much information in articles. And so I'm, ima- I'm immediately imagining like describing the survey up front. Like we surveyed this many people, our responses were this way and this way in terms of demographics and who responded. And then we get into the nitty gritty of the content. So I imagine early on in the article, we'll explain kind of who took the survey and how they got it um, and why we think those responses are representative of the community we're studying. I think that's crucial. And I know I've already talked about him a million times, but um, Professor Nugent, who did a study like this when he surveyed historians of the American West, you know, it's maybe it's a short article. It's maybe eight pages or something from what I remember. It's fairly short. And so in the first two or three paragraphs, he explains that he basically sent the survey to all universities and colleges across the American West and and sent it off and said, fill this out and send it back. And I think it's really nice when we look at it that simply, uh, we might do that as well with our, with our work. So the very next questions are really the meat of the survey. So we'll get into this in our next episode, but I wanted to ask you, Ellie, which questions we should, like, should we do them all? Should we do one at a time? So let me read our questions to you and you think, you tell me what you think. The next question is, where is South Phoenix? (laughs) And it's an essay question. Then we have, how have the boundaries changed? What are the characteristics of South Phoenix as you have defined it? Please describe South Phoenix's landmarks. If you're not in South Phoenix and you are traveling to get there, such a good question. How do you know when you've arrived? What are your impressions of the geographical, historical, and demographic makeup of South Phoenix? And then we have one that is not good with words. Draw your map of South Phoenix instead. And we have 11, which is great. I love that we got 11 of those. So what do you think? How are we going to break these down? We don't want to analyze all of these in one episode, don't you think? No, I don't think I don't think we'll be able to. <laughs> I think we have 111 responses to the question of where is South Phoenix? And that is our research study. That's our question. <laughs> So we probably need to do that question on its own. Whether or not we need to do it next may not be, we may not need to do it next. Maybe we do, what are the characteristics of South Phoenix? Do you know what I mean? Maybe we jump to a couple of these ahead. Maybe we do, what if we started with, please describe South Phoenix's landmarks. Yeah, we could do that. that. Um, And what we'll do is we'll generate a a spreadsheet because you can open this all in Google Sheets and then we can sort So there will probably be, you know, I'm already looking and I see, I would guess just generally 50% or more of these responses mentioned the South Mountain Preserve in one way or another. So let's start with that one. Please describe South Phoenix's landmarks. And I bet that will be enough for a fairly robust episode. And then we can move on from there. Perfect. Cool. So one last question for you. We still have the survey is currently accepting responses. Now that we've begun analyzing it, where do you stand on that? Do you think we keep accepting the responses or do you think we shut it down? Ooh, that's a good question. I think that we should stop accepting responses because uh, otherwise it might mess with the analysis part. Um, and since we've, we've, began uh, analyzing and we also had the survey up for 
as you said, about two years. So it, it was a, a, a long process and I, we've reached our goal. Uh, we have 25 more responses than, than we what we've um, set for ourselves. So I think we're pretty good place and we can we can just stop accepting responses okay i agree um and we've stopped putting it out to my classes so i think spring of 2023 was the last time that we assigned it in class it's still an optional extra credit assignment for some of my classes but uh we're nearing the end of the fall semester so i would imagine that by probably the end of november maybe early december we won't receive any more responses anyway so I say we turn it off. And if a student comes back to me and says, hey, I'm trying to get this extra credit, then we can we can give that student a paper form or something. But let's turn it off. Perfect. All right. All right. Ellie, is there anything else we want to talk about before we close out this episode today? Um, no, I don't think so. Wonderful. Well, thanks, everybody. And we'll catch you next time to talk about South Phoenix Landmarks. <laughs>